You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Well, good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you if you have chosen this morning to watch online. We are grateful that you are with us as well. I know many of you are exhausted from yesterday, your parents getting up early to see what Santa Claus had brought and all that kind of stuff, because they were just as interested as you were uh, to see what was there. But I'm glad we can worship together. In fact, I, I was thinking as David was praying, I, he, I, I, I wanted to say, welcome brothers and sisters, and I thought, wow, welcome sons and daughters of God. Through Christ, our brother, our elder brother, Christ. So glad that we're all together. Well, one of my favorite questions to ask people that I know is, so what you've been reading lately? Now, that may seem like a cruel question at times, because what if you don't like to read? Or um, on top of that, what if you don't enjoy reading? That was the same thing, wasn't it? That was redundant. What if you don't have time to read or you don't like to read? That's what I meant to say. We're all receiving information, though. If not books that are bound or on Kindle or even on Audible, we're reading Instagram posts, watching TikTok videos, which are, I suppose, a form of receiving information, but that's passive. Watching is passive. Reading is more active. The point is, whether we are reading or watching, whatever we are reading or watching leads to what we are thinking, and how we are thinking determines how we live, and how we live determines what the day will be like when Jesus does come for his second advent, the second time he comes to earth. This morning is a continuation of our Friday night Christmas Eve service uh, when this Christmas story led us to think of the good and mysterious and sometimes difficult ways of God in his interaction with his people and with the world at large. There were three primary points of the message, and these were as basic as you can get in the Christian life. First, God is sovereign and God is good. Second, we cannot go to God, but he has come to us. We sing about this all December. We think about this all December. We think about the fact that God has come, but many still think somehow they can work their way toward the Lord. We cannot do that, but he has come to us. And then the only meaningful life for the believer is a calculated, determined, no, it's a life of faith. This morning, we will, for the first time in a couple of years, hear testimonies from you. And that's some of the best preaching we hear all year, right? When, when you get to share about the goodness and the grace of the Lord in your life. Before we get to the time of reflection, though, we're going to consider Mary's reflections at the birth and during the early years of Jesus' life. All from Luke 2. I'll be reading from three different sections of Luke 2 for each of the main points. And I'll also 
be sharing three sub-points for each one of the main points. And if you're wondering how in the world we're going to get to testimonies with all of that going on, you'll be happy to know we've made the decision to go to 1.30 this afternoon. So now might be a good time to cancel any lunch reservations that you have. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'll move as quickly as possible. And you may want to forgo taking notes. I know that's how some of you learn best is taking notes. But I'm gonna. This is all gonna be. You've got it linked, Ricky. We've got it linked to Faith Life already. You can get all the main points, all the main thoughts from this. But just let the goodness and the truth and the ways of God wash over your heart as we, like Mary, treasure these things up and ponder them. In our hearts. I'm going to likely revisit some of these thoughts in February. And since there will be a lot more people here then than today. You can just act like you never heard. Like what? What? That's really interesting. That you would share that. Um, and, and we're going to have a missions focus in January. With a very special guest speaker here on January 30th. You'll just have to wait and see who that is. To begin our time, I'll be reading from Luke 2, 15 to 20. We've read it many times in the last few weeks, whether here or somewhere else. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. When the angels went away from them into heaven, just imagine that scene. They just went back to heaven. Let us go They said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you and be seated. (laughs) Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them, In her heart. Three thoughts on this first main point. First, there is a bigger picture than we can imagine, much less see. I don't know why it is. You've heard me mention it two or three times. I don't know why it is, but Herod's treatment of the baby boys in Bethlehem associated with Jesus' birth. It's just weighed on my heart this year. Thought about it at levels that I maybe haven't given consideration to before. As the worship team sang on Friday night, this is war. On the ground, you may feel the sting of loss, the loss that comes from a war. At an intensity you didn't think possible. It's how the Bethlehem parents must have felt how the disciples must have felt on Good Friday and how parents who have lost loved ones and those of you who have lost spouses must have felt this year. I didn't know it could hurt this badly. The grief is real. 
And it is appropriate, as our prayer time acknowledged. But there is a bigger picture, as the next thought implies. The promise of the gospel is the eventual healing of all hurts. We know that all tears will be wiped away. But have you ever thought about the connection between this life and the next? A lot of times we just think, this is now, that's then. It'll be completely different than it is now. It's the new heavens and the new earth, remember. is where we'll be living throughout eternity. We'll see Jesus at Jerusalem. And I'm sure we'll be in the heavens, we'll be all around. Unlike, it'll be more than... Then Jeff Bezos, you know, going to space and Captain Kirk. It'll be all of us, maybe, going at that time. I can't point to a scripture that states this directly. But my suspicion is that whatever we lack here, we will have in abundance in the new heavens and the new earth. Hungry will be full. It will be a continual feast. The abused will feel secure. Whatever we lack here, we will have an abundance there. Wendell Berry speculates as much in his outstanding novel, Jaber Crow. As the title character is near the end of his life, he reflects back on all the things that have happened to him. These profound thoughts emerge. Nearly everything that has happened to me has happened by surprise. All the important things have happened by surprise. And whatever has been happening usually has already happened before I have had time to expect it. You know how that is, don't you? The world doesn't stop because you are in love or in mourning or in need of time to think. And so when I have thought I was in my story or in charge of it, I really have been only on the edge of it, carried along. Is this because we are in an eternal story that is happening partly in time? This picture, this picture, whatever it is, is so much bigger then we can anticipate and understand. And though the pain threatens to overwhelm us right now, God is sovereign and God is good. If you find no meaning in the suffering you are now experiencing, Jesus' resurrection is the promise of your own resurrection to eternal life and to answers. Or to a spirit that so fully trusts that you won't need the answers. But I suspect we'll have answers. In fact, the, the, the realization will overwhelm us. And we'll cry out praising the Lord. You don't always have to know why you suffer. So when you ask the question... What is it that God wants me to learn through this suffering? The answer may just be to trust Him. Not anything else. Just to trust Him. You do not always have to know why you suffer, but you do need to trust God, which leads to this last point. A commitment. As you can see, this point is half the sermon. A commitment to read through Scripture. 
and a great point it is, is a wonderful way to trust a God who sees more than we can see and who is righteous and just in all his ways and who tenderly loves his children as a perfect father. Well, I'm going to say more about this reading through the Bible thing at the end. But let me encourage you right now as I do every year, read through the Bible this year. It's an amazing way to help see that big picture. And you'll pick it, you'll figure it out. Look, I've been reading through the Bible for five years and I'm not sure I get that yet. Get back with me in 30 years, okay? And we'll talk about it then. Oh, wait, I won't be here. I'll be, uh, I'll see the really big picture maybe in 30 years from now. Our second point is the gospel in a nutshell, and the Christmas story encapsulates it perfectly. We cannot go to God, but He has come to us. For this next section of Luke 2, we are 40 days past Jesus' birth at the temple in Jerusalem for His purification. Luke 2, beginning with verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, and before I go there, I preached about this a year or two ago, and I remember being fascinated, just thinking it was probably the, it it was, you just had to go like this to get through the crowds at the temple. And all of a sudden, this this old man is, is coming and let me have the baby, let me have the baby. And he takes him up and he says, Lord, you most likely raises him up. You are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled. At what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother. Behold this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So you'll remember that Mary and Joseph already knew the story, or at least part of the story anyway. And they had watched miracle after miracle already. And yet, they were constantly taken aback at God's affirmation of His redeeming work in Israel. But they also understood that this work would come at a great cost. And that the opposition to Jesus would eventually pierce Mary's soul. The pain would be worth it though. Three thoughts. First, the truth of the gospel 
means that we are perfectly known and perfectly loved because of Jesus. Maybe the reason Mary was so often taken aback was the fact that she understood better than any of us do that the Lord knew her perfectly. Even when she was picking up this helpless babe to take care of his needs, she understood this is none of it is just in the natural way. There's something more going on here. God was loving Mary and the entire world by sending Jesus. And he wasn't loving her, nor does he love us blindly. Instead, he knows us perfectly. And even still, he loves us through Jesus who came down to take our wounded flesh upon himself. and To die in our place. He loves us, in fact, as he loves the Son. Now that's saying something. Second, the beautiful gift of repentance that the gospel to which the gospel points. The beautiful gift of repentance and trust in Jesus renders us godly in a flash. In a moment. If I come back to these thoughts in February, I'll, I'll preach from Psalm 32. I, one more time in the Psalms. Which tell, I'll be saying that for three years, don't you know? Which tells of David's agony because of his sin, but also of God's immediate forgiveness when David repented. Right after he repented, it says, Therefore, let those who are godly, he considers himself godly, not because of his reformed behavior over time, but he knew that the only way we can be godly is for God to forgive us. Third, make this next year less about you and more about the Lord and about others. Look, th this can take many different shapes and forms. Maybe you need to do more for others. Maybe you need to do less for others. It could be that our doing for others is more about an image than it is about serving others and Jesus. That is not the problem most of us have. Most of us have the problem is, oh, I'm just going to sit here a little bit longer and, you know, oh, look at there, it's time to go to bed. You know, I didn't get to what I was getting to. Marinate in the gospel. Sons and daughters of God. And you will learn to serve out of the overflow of the spirit. Which leads to our last main point. The only meaningful life for the believer is a life of faith. Our text begins in Luke 2, 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. 
And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Can you imagine this? Look, we have, um, we have 13 kids that will be invading our house tonight. Um, 11 of them, along with their parents, are coming down in a church bus. Uh, we may go to the beach on uh, Tuesday in a church bus. And so, we're, you know, we're going to have to be doing this. This was a big family. And Joseph and Mary, somebody's like, where's Jesus? He's always lagging behind having some conversation with somebody, you know, and they can't find him. So they rush back. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, imagine it. That's how crowded Jerusalem was at these times. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Three final thoughts. First, two choices. Commit this next year to know more about Jesus through the word. Or learn more about temporal things. Learn more about things that are passing away. May I challenge you as I've been challenging myself to spend much more time reading and thinking about eternal things and the things of this world that are passing away. I'm not advising you to avoid reading anything except uh, scripture and, and related literature. I'm saying, though, to read better. Enjoy fiction. Read the classics. I read two classics this past year. The Brothers Karamazov. I should have an award for that, reading, getting through the Brothers Karamazov. I did it for a conference. That's the only way I could get through it. But also Frankenstein. And that was one of my favorite books of the year. I learned a great deal about human nature in those two books. And because I learned about human nature, I learned about myself. It's a beautiful thing about fiction. You can sort of stand away from the story and you can get right in the middle of it without consequences. But you can learn a great deal as you read. Read History to learn about the past and you will discover the more things change, the more they stay the same. We're not nearly as smart as we think we are. In fact, we're way dumber than we think we are. 
You read people from 2,000 years ago, you're like, oh my. You know what else will happen when you read history? You'll learn how to make your time on earth more profitable. Also read to increase your faith. The easiest way to do, to ensure this, is to read through the Bible this year. Many of your brothers and sisters here will be doing so. Allison and I will be in that group. I'm not asking you to do something we're not going to do. We're going to do it this year. As we do it almost every year. And that your understanding of that first point, God is sovereign and God is good. And it doesn't always happen on the time frame that we in the time frame that we want how long before you go when your phone is just taking just a second to connect how much speed will make your life worth living really second the way of a disciple is to walk in the path of Jesus and the path of Jesus is the way of the cross. If these thoughts seem random, they sort of are. <laughs> know that we are pilgrims on the way in this world. This world is not our home. Our way is not an easy way. We have all kinds of examples in Scripture, all kinds. Abraham, Moses, and the children of Israel, the exiles who walked with the Lord and were judged along with their Jewish brothers and sisters because of their sins. Jesus, the disciples, early church. Not an easy way. When we find ourselves seeking above all else to find our place in this world or to be secure in this world, we're on the wrong path. And everything drives us to that path, which is why we're so unprepared for difficulties. The only path that allows us to walk with Jesus the only path leads to a cross. But that's okay. We go with the Lord. Last, when you are tempted to reach for your phone this year, just try this today. Don't pick it up. Just let it sit right there. Even the text will wait. And if we will just leave that off, let this be the beginning of being wise to what is good and innocent to what is evil. Wouldn't it be great to be able to say this time next year, you know, I know a lot less about what's going on in the world. But I know, well, that alone would be good, wouldn't it? I mean, we'd all be happier people if we just didn't know what was going on. And this is in spite of the fact that wonderful, kind, loving events is what sells news. And no, I think it's the opposite. I don't know what's going on in the world like I did this time last year, but I know a lot more about God and His ways. 
So let's prepare for our time of testimonies by reading Romans 16, 19 to 20. For your obedience is known to all, Paul tells these Roman believers, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace, this sounds funny, doesn't it? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. There is no peace for the believer. Until Satan is crushed under the feet of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This is, after all, war. And we need to be preparing for war. Which can break out at any moment. Well, on that cheery note, let's have testimonies. I am so grateful. I... I, I, I Mention a time or two, well, you know, maybe with COVID and everything. And they're like, oh, we're having testimonies. We need testimonies this week. So what has the Lord done for you? How have you grown in the Lord? How has the Lord spoken to you this year? Um, what is it you would like to share with your brothers and sisters in Christ here at Grace? Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.